I need to have this conversation with my bride about how her arm, her photographer who only has one arm now has no arms that work. So yeah, <laughs> it was one what, of those situations. What is that going to look like for her wedding? <laughs> right. Yeah. And it was one of those situations where I was like, how can I take care of her when like my own world is like, you know, in disarray. It's just like, right. you know, crap is hitting the fan. We have no idea what's going on I'm like in the ER. So um, that experience really equipped me in this communication of how we can still give an incredible experience to our clients, even among the chaos. Like even if something's happening in your own life, like you can still take care of your clients just in how you communicate. Welcome to the Light and Dark Photography Podcast, where you can build your business, grow your community, and have fun doing it. I am your host, John Mansfield. Every week, we bring you real conversations with photographers and entrepreneurs to discover ways that you can take your business to the next level and serve your clients well. We record these live in our Facebook community so you can be part of the conversation. So grab a cup of coffee or a glass of whiskey and get ready for today's episode. Hey y'all, Kelly Lemon is my guest on the podcast today, and we are talking about all those difficult conversations we have with our clients. Um, Kelly shares some great tips on how to start those conversations, and she gives an example of a very difficult conversation she had to have with her couples a few years ago. Um, my conversation with Kelly was anything but difficult, uh, so let's get into it. Well, welcome to the Light and Dark Photography Podcast. I am your host, John Mansfield. Um, today, we're going to be talking about um, how to have uh, difficult conversations with your clients, uh, the importance of that, um, how to do it, um, all those different things. And um, I have Kelly Lemon with me. She is a uh, wedding photographer out in uh, Colorado and the Pacific Northwest. Um, Kelly, welcome. Thank you so much. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, I'm excited for you to be here. I'm very excited to talk. Um, I feel like uh, I know you a lot uh, from social media. You're you're uh, you definitely show up on your Instagram, um, which is great because there there are some people that I follow. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's your face. Um, but <laughs> but you, it's like every day, like you're popping up there. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I know Kelly. Um, so, yeah, I'm very excited to actually get to talk face to face here and not over an app. Uh, yes. But yeah, I've well, been listening to your podcast and a few, quite a few friends of mine have been on it, been on, oh, cool. been on your show. And so it's, it's exciting to, to be chatting with you. So thank nice. you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, um, I actually found you, um, when Tony Christine was on, um, last summer and, uh, and I was just like, Hey, Tony, who are some people that I need to follow? Like, cause I'm still somewhat new to like, uh, the photographer world of, okay. Uh, I don't know. Like I, whenever I join, I I've been doing uh wedding photography for almost 10 years now, but I didn't know that there was like this educational side. I didn't know that there were like these, these photographers to follow and to like get inspiration and stuff from until maybe three or four years ago. Uh, okay. So a lot of the people that, that everyone else is like, Oh yeah, I've been following them for like a decade. I'm like, <laughs> 
I don't know. Like I'm still learning, <laughs> learning everyone's names. Um, yeah. which is, which is kind of fun. Um, right. yeah. you're kind of coming with like a fresh perspective. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like I've even met a few people at conferences and had no, um, like n- nothing coming into it. Cause I didn't know that they were like a big, big name person. And then I was just right. like, oh, Hey, what's going on? Like, Hey, can I, uh, can I sit here? <laughs> and then just, you know, sharing a meal with, uh, with Henry Chan and it was cool. And we just like hung out. And then he was, I was like, Oh, which one are you going to? He's like, Oh, I'm speaking in this room next. I was like, Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> but, well, yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure he was really kind. I've heard he's, he's, he's really nice. In person. He's yes. Yeah. Super kind guy. Um, but yeah, well, cool. So, um, so for, for everyone, um, who's listening, who maybe doesn't know you, um, or, uh, just wants to get to know you a little bit more, where are, I kind of mentioned where you're based, but where, where are you based? What do you enjoy, um, photographing? Uh, what do you like doing? Yeah. So I am a wedding and elopement photographer based in the Pacific Northwest and also currently Colorado. And I have been doing photography professionally. It's my 11th year now. So I'm primarily doing weddings and, and shifting into um, adventure elopements and loving that, loving that. Um, and that's just been something that's been on my heart and actually wanted to sh- do the shift before the pandemic hit. So that was convenient. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's what I photograph and a little bit about me. Um, I kind of was born and raised and wasn't born, but most of my life was been in Colorado in the mountains. So outdoors in the mountains kind of is my happy place is like where I'm at, where I'm at in my element. And oh, yeah. I would say that's part of the reason why I realized that adventure elopements was a good fit for me. Um, something else I love hosting community. I love hosting people. I love community. I think that's actually a big staple in my business and something that I love to bring into every part of my life. Um, I've been married for almost 10 years and have a little girl. She's 15 months old named Juliana. A lot of people in my community have been cheering us on. That's a whole nother podcast story, but uh, she came into our lives through surrogacy when, when I wasn't able to carry and it was almost a four year journey and our whole community has been cheering us on. And then my cousin um, came and approached us and said, I would love to help you grow your family and our little Miracle Juliana is uh, 15 months old and that's the current adventure we're also doing right now is, is right? just going yeah. and breaking into parenthood. So, uh-huh. Which is a whole adventure on its own. Um, but that's, that's awesome. That's really cool. Um, and that's, that's great that, um, that your cousin was also, was it your, your cousin? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> that's, that's really cool. That's nice that, uh, I know just like really tight family. Mm-hmm. Um, that's it's really a, it's a crazy story and it, I it going into it would take too long, but she, <laughs> she felt very strongly. Like she, she told me that she would like do that for me if I ever needed it when I was like 15 wow. and she was like 17. And then, she, and then I forgot about it and we went, went in one year went out the other and mm-hmm. she remembered. And then when we went through fertility and stuff, she reached out and, and, uh, huh. said, Hey, I, I still feel the same way. And would love to help you guys grow your family. And I was just like, wait, what? But you so, still feel the same way. What are you talking about? Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I like tried to convince her like, this isn't a good idea. You know, but, uh, yeah, it was a really beautiful story. So 
That's awesome. We're thankful. We're thankful yeah, to be here. That's great. And you said Juliana's 15 months? Mm-hmm. Just started cool. walking. So that's nice. Yeah. I was trying yeah. to think back, like, uh, cause we have a six, a three-year-old and then a seven month old right now. And I was like, okay, what is 15 months? That's like walking usually starting to starting she start. She's saying a few words. Uh-huh. Yep. Mm-hmm. So it's, nice. yeah. Now that she's mo- more mobile, it's like, Oh crap. Like you know, can't, oh, yeah. can't let her go for like two seconds by herself. Cause she's just like, she has one speed. It's like crawling to running. It's, uh-huh. it's just skipping the, skipping the slow walking. Oh yeah. Yeah. With our, with our first, we were like, we started to encourage him to, to crawl and to sit up and all those things. And then we realized like we would put him down in one area and then Mm -hmm. he would be in a different one. Five minutes later, we're like, Oh no, (laughs) we've messed up. Like we, (laughs) we discouraged him from walking for the longest time. We're like, we do not need you running around here. It is enough to keep up with you crawling. (laughs) Um, but then he was like, Oh, it's my birthday. I'm one year old. Like I'm good to walk now. And oh, he walked out of walking was, on his birthday. It wasn't on his birthday, but I think it was like a couple days after it was like, right after wow. he turned one. He was yeah. just like, okay, cool. I can walk. And he did that while my wife and I were on a date night. Uh, and he was at the grandparents. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. So we, we missed the, like the first steps and then we came Aww. back and he was, they were like, Oh no, wait, stay at the door. And then he came walking around the corner. We're like, what is going on? (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So, well, cool. Cool. Yeah. That's, that's great. I, um, so I saw something, I think it was on your Instagram, um, that you like, uh, salted caramel, uh, ice cream. Is that correct? Okay. Yes. Yeah. I do too. It is one of my favorites. What Um, brand? Oh, I really love Jenny's. Yes, um, I was gonna say Jenny's is really good. I okay. also like Molly Moons and um, Salt and Straw, which are kind of more like local to the Pacific Northwest. Okay. But okay, cool, cool. Yeah, I I love Jenny's. I'm like slightly um, lactose intolerant, so I can't have a ton of ice cream. So like okay. the the traditional like Texas Bluebell ice cream. I can have like a couple spoons full and then I'm just, I'm done. Uh, but Jenny's for whatever reason, like I can just, I can eat a whole pint. Um, and oftentimes do because it is so good. (laughs) And like the flavors that she makes are amazing. And yeah, like her, her salted, uh, salted caramel is really good. And And you just uh, add that to a warm chocolate chip cookie and then you're just like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh huh. Oh yeah. Cookies like warm cookies and then ice cream is, is perfect. Or like a warm brownie. Um, Yeah. Yeah. My, my mom is a baker and she's like known for her brownies and yeah, those, those brownies like with the crispy edge and then the ice cream on top. Oh man. Now I, (laughs) <laughs> we might take a break. I'm going to go yeah, get some dessert gonna, real quick. Like you like see like 20 minutes, 20 right, minutes, yeah. like intermission. <laughs> Come back with a big bowl of ice cream. Uh, <laughs> but okay. That's, that's great. Yeah. I, I love that you love Jenny's too. I, um, I had tried them, I don't know, like years and years ago in Ohio. And then there was a one, one store in Austin when I was living there that had like just a gas station store that sold 
all the random ice cream shops from oh. around the states and they had just like rows and rows of the frozen section and they had Jenny's there and I was like oh okay cool and they had like two Great. Flavors, but still is is delicious delicious so um okay so you said you've been um doing photography for about 11 years now what mm-hmm. got you into doing photography um let's see i mean i i actually loved it as a kid i have like that cheesy story right where like i've Same. loved it since yeah. i was a kid uh-huh. um and i i mean i used to photograph my friends in junior high and like would make them pose for me at recess and like didn't realize that that was like a weird thing to do and so like <laughs> later i was like oh yeah that's kind of weird um i have like bins and bins of really bad awful photos from you know sixth sixth grade or fifth grade uh-huh. um so yeah, so that interest definitely was always there. And then I guess this is kind of part of my story, which I guess I can kind of go into because it's kind of all tied into, but yeah. tied together. But um, but then when I was 12, I was in this really serious car accident. Um, and my whole family was in the accident. It was almost almost fatal. Um, oh. my brother fell asleep at the wheel on a road trip, and um, I just taken my seatbelt off to like adjust. Uh, and just an off for a couple minutes. And, um, and then, so when he, we off went off the guardrail, my head broke through the side window and went out of the car and then the, my shoulder and, and my right shoulder got caught in the car. And so then eventually I got, uh, thrown out of the car and then the car, uh, rolled over me. And so it was like pretty, pretty serious. Uh, I was yeah. in a flight for life helicopter and, um, paralyzed uh-huh. to force my body as a result. So like my chest, upper chest back and my right arm and, um, broke a lot of bones. Um, so it was definitely, uh, the moment that changed my life for sure. I was right-handed. I would say so. Yeah. I was going to ask if that was your dominant hand or not. mm -hmm, That was my, I I was (sighs) right-handed, was definitely not ambidextrous. I had no ambidextrous skills. I was like missing my mouth with a fork. Like I was uh, just super uncoordinated. Got like a like toddler all over. Relearn everything. Oh yeah. Everything. Writing, trying to type one handed in school, like mm. all the things. Yeah. Um, but you know, by God's grace, I survived and made it. Yeah. And then it was just a matter of um, you know, as the first couple of years, it was just adapting to life with one arm and 17 surgeries later, you know, just lots of, um, overcoming and from body image issues to, you know, I had, I had some, a lot of broken bones in my face my face was pretty distorted. So, you know, went through that season of like bullying and accepting, accepting that part of my body. Um, mm. and, and so, that's yeah, like it was just a, a rough season. age anyway. Oh, yeah. it was like, seventh grade. Yeah. Seventh grade. Everyone gets bullied anyway. And yeah. then like, just to add something like that on top, it's like, Oh man, I, I couldn't imagine. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was not the best timing, but, no. um, but in that sense, I mean, I really know when would be the perfect timing for that kind yeah. of accident, but, but for, in terms of like, you know, being secure in who you are for sure, you know, had some, has some impacts there, but mm-hmm. yeah. So the reason I bring that up is just that I then kind of got stable and uh, stable and figured out life with one arm. And it wasn't until high school that I was open to, okay, let's see if photography is a thing. You know, I kind of figured out how to do the basics in life and feel like I'm on my feet. Um, so, you know, that's when I started kind of going back into like hobbies and I started trying, I tried to like go snowboarding and tried to like go do some sports that I'd done before and, you know, kind of had started to kind of Mm reenter life in some ways. And 
Um, so I went to my photography teacher and just said, Hey, I know this is going to look really different. It's a dark room class. So that's going to have its own struggles. Um, but I'm really, I'm really motivated and I think I'm going to be able to do this. And she just, she just couldn't see past her own limiting beliefs. And so she just said, you know, I'm really sorry, but photography is actually a two armed art and you're not going to be able to do it. So I'm not going to admit you into the class. Um, I think you should enroll in painting or something else, but you're, I'm not, I'm not going to let you in the class. She wouldn't even let me in the class, like let me in to like figure that out myself. (laughs) Yeah. Like, yeah, it was just like, yeah. So yeah. At least um, give me a shot. Right. Right. (laughs) Uh, So that kind of just put a little fire under me to prove that that wasn't true. And Mm -hmm. so I joined um, a a diff with a different class the next semester and she was like, come on in. And I learned to roll film with my feet. So I would use my left hand and my right foot and I would in the black bag and I would roll film Uh in the dark room with my feet (laughs) instead. Uh, So that really kind of showed me like, okay, if I can do it with my feet, then once digital was a thing, I was like, okay, this is going to be fine. We got this. You don't have to worry (laughs) about developing the film or anything anymore. (laughs) Yeah. I missed the dark room, but I was thankful, thankful to not be rolling film anymore. So um, yeah, so that was kind of the start of it. And that was the passion. And Eventually, you know, I said I lived in I lived in South America a little bit before I went to college and I kind of learned that I was really drawn to people more than anything and telling stories. And mm-hmm. yeah, I thought it was gonna be my hobby. And in college, it kind of I went to actually a photography conference, photojournalism conference. And yeah. um this guy came over. I was like super unprepared. I was like 18, freshman, no idea you had to have like a portfolio curated or like I just was like <laughs> just had no idea. Everyone was like like, 10 times better than me. (laughs) I was like, why am I here? And, um, and then this guy comes over and he like flips my laptop around while I was like trying to put a portfolio together. And I was like, um, excuse me. And he's like, starts going through my pictures, which are were raw and not edited. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, um, what are you doing? And he was like, these are your pictures. And so that's basically at the end of it, he was like, okay, let me get this straight. You spent all your time doing photography spend all your money on photography. These are your pictures and you're only 18. Remind me again, why you don't think this should be your full-time career. And I was just like, Hmm, I guess I hadn't thought about that. And then mm-hmm. he walked out on stage and he was the new uh, photo editor for the New York times. Oh, wow. And so okay. I was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> so he never to mention that in our whole discussion. <laughs> right. Just some random guy. Just some, I like, know. Just some random guy. Let me, like, let me get on your work. laptop real quick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So I switched my degree and, and uh, studied photography and here we are. Nice. Okay, cool. So is, is your degree in photography or photojournalism mm-hmm. or? Yeah. So what? my degree is a bachelor's in fine art with a photography emphasis. And um, yeah. And then my, I got a second degree in Spanish, but that was my, cool. my main one. Okay. I would nice. now give you the advice to get a degree in business, but, and then, you know, do a hobby, like they're like uh, a minor in photography, you know, because, uh, but that's a different, you know, Right. Yeah. Yeah. I took one class in college, uh, in photography, which was all film and Mm -hmm. like rolling the film and like putting it in the different, uh, chemicals and everything. Like I loved the dark room and I would just go up there any day. Cause they were like, yeah, as long as someone's in the building, you can come in here, just Mm -hmm. make sure that the lights on out there so they don't lock up everything. I was like, yeah, 
Like I live two minutes away from campus. Is, yeah, uh, I will do this. Um, so I loved it. And, and I had almost thought about changing my major, uh, which I was just at a community college those two years. And, uh, and I, I thought about doing that, but I was like, yeah, I probably won't make this a career. Like I had, I had a screen printing business at the time. I was like, this is going to be my career. This is what I'm going to retire from. Uh, so I'm going to continue on with web design so I can go international. Um, and then that didn't work out. Um, but, but yeah, well, photography wow, stuck. Is, so photography stuck. Yeah. And I like, I had similar story of like from childhood, always enjoying it. And like, I was the kid that everyone was like, don't you want to like, enjoy the the party or enjoy the vacation like i am like this is i enjoy taking photos this is this is my jam mm-hmm. uh, but yeah so um cool i man, that is a, a crazy story um i i love that like you're just so motivated like it shows that that it wasn't like, it shows that you have that motivation, like inside of you that like intrinsic, like I'm going to do this. Um, cause even, cause I could imagine me being in high school and then a teacher being like, Oh no, no, you can't do this. Like, I'm not even going to let you in my class. I don't believe you can do this. And I'd be like, Oh, okay. I guess I can't. And I, I probably would have like at that time, just like shut down and been like, okay, cool. Different direction. I don't know. But like that motivation, I love that, that drive of like, no, I'm going to do this, or at least I'm going to try and see what I can do. Uh, and I love that. I love, I love stories like that. It's, it's always very inspiring. Um, I mean, I think when you have, I think that's one thing that I'm really thankful for is when you have an experience that is like a life-threatening experience mm-hmm. that kind of rocks you. It, it really just changes your whole perspective on life in general, because it's like your second chance, right. At life. And right. so it, it goes into things that are deeper. We're like, how am I going to be remembered? How did I treat people? How did I run my business? Was it ethical? Was it, you know, was it something that I'm proud of? Was it something that people would see, and feel loved through, you know, and it was like, it really mm-hmm. kind of caused me obviously not from a business standpoint, but it caused me to reflect everything in my life, you know, going into junior high and high school. Like if I hadn't made it, how would I have been remembered? You know? And, oh, yeah. and I think that, you know, that motivation of, I got, I got the second chance at life. And, you know, if I, if I want to try to do something, I have so many odds already against me. And so many people who already think that I'm not going to be able to do so many different things that I have to give it everything I have because I was given this gift at a second chance, you know? Mm. And so I just need to put all my, you know, all of what I have left into making this the best life I can, regardless of if other people can't see, see that for me, you know, or they don't see the potential of what could be. So if that's, if I'm the one that has to muster that strength and I have a great family, so that's not, I had support from my family, but you know, there's a lot of uh, people around me just didn't know and didn't 
see how because they couldn't see past their own limitations so mm-hmm. i feel yeah, like, like i, I could barely do this and i have two functioning arms like i don't even see how how you can yeah. do this yeah i could i can see that uh for sure but yeah i love I, my 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 next uh question was going to be about like is there something like advice or, or something that you've learned that's like changed your life either uh like business wise or in general i think that's that answers it right there. Like Mm -hmm. that, that kind of feeling of, um, a second chance of like, I can do it because I've been given a second chance. I think that's, that's a good, um, viewpoint for just anyone to like, you know, you wake up tomorrow you're like, I've got a second chance. Like I can do the things that I feel like I want to do. I can, I can try these things and I can, I can really like, get my head down. Like this last year has been so difficult for so many businesses, especially, you know, solopreneurs that, you know, you're just out Mm -hmm. of work. Um, and you know, I know like the Pacific Northwest was very hard hit, like no weddings for a long time. Um, here in Texas, not so much. Uh, they kind of opened us back up pretty quickly. Um, which was, kind of a blessing financially, um, but also a little worrisome. Um, but like, just, just, uh, like in like those listening right now, like waking up tomorrow, just viewing your life as this is a second chance. Like I'm, I'm going to do those things that I've always been scared of, or I'm always like, Oh, well I'll do this in five years or I'll do this later. Mm -hmm. Or maybe after, whatever happens. Um, but just go ahead and do it or just go ahead and start making, uh, making plans like baby steps to get there or something. Um, because you don't know how much longer you have. And, uh, and I love what you said about like, how will you be remembered? Um, cause I, I think about that, uh, pretty often. Um, I always want to be, uh, remembered with a good name. And that, that people aren't just like, oh yeah, he took photos. And, um, yeah, I remember he played basketball in high school and, uh, that's about it. Um, but I, I want there to be like something that like my name can live on after and, uh, and just kind of, you know, take it, take on something after I'm gone. Um, I definitely agree. And I think for, if you are a small business owner and you're listening right now, one of the main benefits of owning your own company is you get to choose how you run it and you get Mm -hmm. to choose the values that you incorporate into your business. And I think just having, you know, business that you're proud of that you are, you know, whether it be, okay, I work with only like I work with companies that are ethical and that pay fair wages and that, you know, give back or my own business. I, how do I give back? You know, like you have this beautiful opportunity to make an impact, not just outside of work, but with your work. And I think a lot of people, like if they work at a big corporation, they don't know the behind the scenes or the ethics, and they don't usually have much say in the ethics that go into that company. But when you have your own, you own your own business, like that is a beautiful privilege. Mm -hmm. And we should really use that because it is part of our legacy of how will your business be remembered and how, what's the impact that it's having. And exactly how, how will others remember you as a business owner, as a photographer, you know, and it's not just, Oh, you took good pictures, but like, 
what did you do with that privilege of being able to incorporate your values into your business? Right. Yeah. Cause I, I think that a lot of people, once they start working for themselves or they're like, I want to work for myself so I can make all the money and I don't have to, like, I can set my own pay. Uh, Cause I, I remember talking to another photographer that we were like both getting into it at the same time. And that was his motivation was like, I'm capped at whatever my supervisor will pay me. Um, but if I can work for myself, I can pay myself whatever. And I was like, yeah, I mean, that's a, an interesting way. Like I I'm definitely um, making more money now than I was in a nine to five job. Um, I mean, it took a few years, but, uh, but I got there and, uh, and you can definitely do that, but like that motivation of, um, like you said, you get to set what ethics your business has and, and you get to look at, I mean, we see large corporations, you know, cutting corners and doing all these unethical things. And we as business owners can make decisions to not do those and, and to actually give back and, you know, like choosing, uh, choosing people to work with, um, that, that also share, uh, the same morals and ethics and, and all that. And there's, there's so much power that you have just by doing that, uh, in your business. That's, uh, it can, it can really change the world, um, and, and really makes the world a much better place, um, just from those little decisions that you make. Uh, Mm -hmm. so I, I love that. So, um, okay. So you, you, you told a little bit of your story. Um, let's get into the difficult conversations, um, that we may have. Um, you had a very unique, difficult conversation, um, with, uh, was it, was it one wedding? Um, or did you have, it was one, it was one wedding. Um, but I had to tell all of my whole season and, and prepare for that because, well, I can just go in, I guess I can just share a little bit of the backstory on this. Um, but yeah, so basically, as I said before, I'm a one-armed photographer. Um, but then in 2018, I had a day of mini sessions and I shot 10 sessions back to back. And that night I had some really extreme pain in my neck and I've had like neck pain and back pain from surgeries and stuff, but this was very different and very um, just really sharp. Mm. And the next day I noticed I was having some like tingling in my hand. And I also lost, um, I lost the use of my arm when I was in college from a surgery that went bad. So I thought it was similar to that. So I went to to my chiropractor and was like, Hey, I think there's something off from my prior neck injury. And he was like, no, this is different. It's like, everything looks fine. Um, and then within three days, I, my left arm, which is the functioning arm, Uh um, I couldn't lift a two pound weight three days later. And then by Friday, um, I was driving home from the doctor because we were again trying to figure out like, why is my arm rapidly losing mobility and why can I not lift any weight? And like, I was just like getting pretty freaked out. And I remember driving home and I was pulled into my neighborhood and my arm fell off the wheel and I couldn't raise my arm back up onto the steering wheel and had to get off the road with like using my knees to like draw, like get my, and that was when we realized like, okay, I now can't drive. And so it went from within one week to having, you know, being fully capable, independent life using one arm to 95% of the mobility in my left arm 
was gone and I wasn't able to get dressed or uh, definitely not pick up a camera. Um, wasn't able to like pick up food. I couldn't cook. I, my husband had to like put cups around with straws because I couldn't raise a glass. Um, so I went to have like no upper extremity and, uh, none of my doctors could figure out why. And, um, what was insane was that they actually eventually figured it out, but uh, it had nothing to do with any of my other medical issues. And it just was oh. like this really rare, rare syndrome. And they, fi- I got, it was in the ER. They finally found a neurologist that was like, had, I just had some ideas and she was like, I don't really, I'm hesitant to tell you what this is because I don't, I don't want to freak you out if I'm wrong. Uh-huh. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and then she was like, but, uh, so she's like, but I think it's this really rare syndrome where inflammation attacks your body and attacks the nerves and it cuts off all the circulation to the brain. And it usually like you lose a limb, usually just like that one limb is no longer communicating with the brain and usually takes like a year to two years to come back. Um, and it just happened to be the left, the one arm that you have. Right. You're like, like you couldn't have done this with the I right arm. Right. I like, couldn't have done the arm that already doesn't work. <laughs> Um, yeah. So she was like, I'm really hesitant, but I finally was able to see a specialist. Um, you know, it was, it's very, very rare. And they were like, yeah, it usually happens to people who like have, who don't use their limbs, but you use your left arm more than anyone else. So we actually don't know why this happened to you. So he kind of was like, all right, here's, I'm just going to lay it straight. He's like, I've only, I'm 75. I've only seen 10 cases in my entire life. It's really not common. And, but I've never seen anyone recover in like less than six months, but most people it's like a year, two years. And then some cases out of that 10, it didn't, they didn't recover. So he was like, I know this is hard to hear, but like, you just need to prepare that. Like, you're not going to have an upper extremity for Mm. a long, for what's a long time. And I normally have pretty in the past, I've had pretty bad luck with medical stuff. So if someone says like, oh, there's a 2% chance that things won't go right, but there's a 98% chance that you're going to like have great success with this medical, whatever. Uh, I'm always in the 2% camp. So when he tells me two years, I'm like, it's gonna be five, you know, like, like, (laughs) and that would be like my past experience would be like to think that, Mm -hmm. but I just had this piece that that wasn't going to be my story. And in the office, I was like, I'm going to be your first two monther. And he was just like, okay, well, okay. <laughs> positivity is good. You know, <laughs> right. <laughs> like, yeah. Doing the whole doctor like, thing. Like, I don't want to give you like too much hope. Right. Uh, right. When, yeah. Yeah. So it just kind of was like a whole whirlwind <laughs> and basically more what, how the story ended was, um, you know, that was March 25th that it happened. I had a, my next wedding, March 25th. So then I was dealing with in the ER and all that stuff was like April. And my next wedding was May 5th, three years ago today. Uh And, and then, uh, and then my season was in, was really kicking off in June. And, um, and I told, and it was basically just this miracle where March 25th doesn't happen. I walked back in May 25th and gave him a high five and was like, I'm your first two monther. And it took a little bit, a few more weeks to really get strong enough to hold my equipment again. Uh-huh. But I am so thankful that it came back quicker. Yeah. But in the, in the first few weeks, w- there was no progress. And we had to make a plan of action because I'm like, well, even if it's minimum six months, that's my whole wedding season because it's April, right. you know? So I was like, I have 25 weddings that 
I need to resolve, but the main one is in two and a half weeks. Mm-hmm. And I need to have this conversation with my bride about how her arm, her photographer who only has one arm now has no arms that work. So yeah. <laughs> it was one what, of those situations. What is that going to look like for her wedding? <laughs> right. Yeah. And it was one of those situations where I was like, how can I take care of her when like my own world is like, you know, in disarray, it's just like, right. you know, crap is hitting the fan. We have no idea what's going on I'm, like, in the yard. So, um, that experience really equipped me in this communication of how we can still give an incredible experience to our clients, even among the chaos. Like even if something's happening in your own life, like you can still take care of your clients just in how you communicate about whatever's going on. And so I wanted to, if this is a good, is this a good segue? Or are we this is a great of, segue. Yeah, okay. it's perfect. I wanted to give some like practical tips and kind of go through a couple of things that I shared in my email and, and kind of the steps I took kind of like going through like how Megan, like I basically told all my friends and this first off from a personal standpoint, I told everyone that no one could share anything online because I didn't want any of my clients finding out Right. from not me, you know, mm-hmm. because then I, cause then all the work I'm doing to like calm all their nerves and like would not be, would be for nothing because they would find out and then have all the questions and not have the answers. Right. Um, so basically with any, any problem, you want to start with the solution. So I basically was like, okay, what's my solution? I decided I still want to be there. I've been emotionally connecting with them. I, that's a big part of the things that you know, is the driving force in my business is my relationships with my couples. And so me not being there would, even if I'm not photographing the wedding would, would be a big blow. Yeah. So I was like, how can I still photograph this way? And that's my goal. So our solution was we, um, we realized that I know my knowledge of my camera enough and shooting manual that if someone holds my equipment, a photographer holds my equipment then, and we shoot live view, then I can tell them F stop shutter speed ISO and like tell them my composition about what I want. And just like basically have someone else click the shutter. Uh, um, like you're just verbally changing I'm all your verbally settings, t- changing yeah. all my settings. Yeah. Uh, which was mentally exhausting. It was a 13 oh, I'm hour sure. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Like I'm exhausted. Like, uh, cause I talk constantly at weddings and photo shoots anyway. Like I could only imagine also having to talk every time that I wanted to change my shutter speed or like, Oh, I'm going to need to change to aperture F six you know, or something, you know, like, uh, yeah, that would oh, just yeah. be, yeah, you gotta have so much water, uh, just to keep, <laughs> keep your throat from going dry. Yes. So I, it was also in California. So I was flying from Washington to California and I was hiring mm. a local second shooter initially. And so I was like, well, now my second shooter like I'm going to need someone to be my arms. So mm-hmm. I'm still going to need a second shooter. So I brought my second shooter from who had worked with me for three years. So she knew my work. She was a, a wonderful photographer, really knew my style. And so that was also, a, you know, why I chose her yeah. and asked her to do it. And so I flew her down and then, you know, so thankfully if, you know, I'm starting to direct, you know, I could direct with her and then we'd have a few minutes where the light would be similar and she could make small adjustments. If like, she knew, okay, we're going to be overexposed or whatever, if I'm like still directing. Mm-hmm. So like we, I mean, you definitely had a professional photographer. So, um, yeah, so that was a solution. And then, um, and that was kind of, so my goal is how do I communicate? I think sometimes when we are in a struggle, we, and we're having to tell something to our clients that 
you know, some might be scared to say or like nervous to talk about. I think sometimes we feel like we have to justify it. And so we make our struggle sound even more dramatic or we tell in the way that like, this is how catastrophic, like something's going on in my life. Like, don't be upset that I'm delivering your wedding late or I'm doing Mm. whatever or whatever, whatever this email is that, you know, potentially you have to say, and you don't think they're going to like it. So you try to make, sometimes people will try to make their situation sound so much worse so that like, you know, that kind of like will cover up whatever else they have to say. Right. This is, that is just not the way to go Yeah. <laughs> because like, <laughs> that's not the way to go. Um, so I think that that's like a big part of it is just realizing that I, we don't need to make it dramatic. Like I, I don't need to start the email with like, Oh, by the way, my left arm is paralyzed, you know? Um, so I, what I started, how I started my email was, um, now that you guys kind of know the backstory was, I'm really pumped for your wedding. Can't believe it's almost here. I'm excited to share that you are now going to have three full-time wedding photographers at your wedding. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Just start off with that positivity. Start out with the positive. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I was like, I just really, I just said, I recently had some weakness in my left arm and felt like in order to give 110% that I would like for someone to come and help carry some of the weight of my equipment. And then I went on to a whole description of how Megan's worked with me forever you know, she's so wonderful. And these are all the great attributes. This will be at no additional cost to you. I just feel like having her will allow me to do my job even better. And I always want to serve my couples with everything I have. And this is one solution I think, you know, that will really be a great solution. I'm really excited for what she can bring to the team, you know? So now she already has like, okay, we have this person she's experienced. Oh, it's also not going to charge. Like I'm not going to get charge for this. There's no additional cost. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so all of that is like right out of the gate. Um, but then I'm like, no couple wants to be the, the guinea pig. Right. So, right. so I then did some test shoots with past couples and I wanted my cat past couples to really see what it was like. We kind of shot everything. And then I, you know, was able to, um, I had two fingers that worked. That was all that worked. Uh, so I was able to edit. So, um, the images actually looked just like mine. If he doesn't shoot them, you're like, Oh, this, this actually works really, really well. And like, yeah. I think potentially we could do this for the season. Um, and, and so then next it was a matter of like, okay, you know, I want to give some examples. So you're, st- so basically I'm an, and I'll kind of recap at the points later, but basically I went with like starting with my solution. Hey, we're bringing a third photographer to your wedding. And then we went into examples of like, I wanted to make sure this was amazing. So I did some test shoots. Here are two different shoots with two different couples showing what the images look like after, after going in this, going this route and having this method. And then I asked my past couple, can you give me an honest review of what the experience is like since you, since I did your wedding and I, Mm -hmm. you already shot with me before, what was that experience (laughs) like? And so, you know, then I have social proof. So the next section of the email is here's a little, you know, review from that, my bride. She, I did her wedding, ex, you know, last year and just did this shoot with her. And she was able to kind of weigh in on what the experience is like. And she was genuinely like, it really felt just like my wedding day because your, your voice is the one I heard all day. And, you know, and then I just, you had an additional person there, kind of like a second shooter. And it just really felt like my wedding. It didn't really feel any different. And the images, you know, she loved the images. So she gave this whole great review that was, honest. And then at the very end was then when we were like, okay, you know, I know like, this is like really exciting. I'm answering all these questions, but just to answer the question of what's going on with my arm, I gave like a very brief, 
Like, you know, we're having some weakness. We're not really sure what's going on. Um, you know, you know, I'm happy to answer questions if you have any questions, but I just thought I would, would wanted to let you know, this is where we're at, but I'm really excited for the solution. Please let me know if you want to hop on a call, whatever, you know, and then end of the email. So mm-hmm. I think when I just think that when you have to remember when you're communicating with your couples, whether it be with COVID or whether it be with, you know, like that you have to reschedule something or like whatever, whatever the issue is where you have it to have this difficult conversation. I think we need to really think about all of the things that they're thinking, like, so thinking what, what, if they receive this message, so if they hear Kelly lost her arm and this is a very extreme example, but Mm -hmm. it works because (laughs) like it's very extreme so like right. just take that down like a couple notches and you're uh-huh. fine so she lost her arm she only had one arm and she lost it so now she has no arms so that's the that's the thing so then what are all the things they're going to think of they're like oh my gosh who's going to shoot my wedding i i really enjoyed like knowing her personally is she personally going to be there you know like mm-hmm. you know are like who are the pictures going to look different is the experience going to feel different are the, you know, like how the different logistic, is this going to cost me anything else? If we have a replacement, you know, what are all of the questions that anyone think could think of, you know? And I think you have to think that way when you're, when you're addressing these issues, because you want to start with a, start with your solution. Don't over, be, don't be over dramatic right. and, and then go right into examples of why this is going to work and why, you know, this is going to be a good solution for whatever the issue is. Mm-hmm. then actually give social proof if you can if you can if you can do a test with another couple or a past you know friend or whatever to like see that the solution is a good thing or you know just kind of have that mindset of like if that's an option sometimes it's on something like covid is like unprecedented right. so like yeah. you can't you can't be like well let's, the last pandemic we did this you know uh-huh. like you can't really do that or, or not or i guess this upcoming year we can because we have last year but like mm-hmm. you know last year we didn't have that option um, and then at the bottom, at the very end, say, you know, if you'd like to know more about what's happening and share a couple sentences, but you don't need to like go into it more. You don't want to like be it's unnecessary to cause right. yeah. stress. You don't want to just so, unload everything and just like, hey, so these are all the things. And this is like extra stuff that might give you more stress um, that you don't really need to know right now. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's that's good to just like kind of um I don't know, kind of like ease in just just a little bit enough like if you have questions I have more answers. Yeah, I'm happy to share if personally you want to know on like if you want, you know, know more. Yeah. But your couples but like I not only had to do that for this wedding but then had to send it to my whole season, right? Yeah. Because that was our plan. We like yeah. they were like we well, they there was no Right now, they don't think it's going to be, you know, getting any better, any faster. Uh And, um, and so I had to have this conversation with all of my couples and thankfully no one, like no one asked. And I did eventually, I talked about, should I even ask or offer like if they should, if they want to like cancel or back out, you know, but, um, but no one, no, I didn't even have to get there. They were like, Hey, we're here for you. We think if your solution is you know, enough. And that was, I think that was the thing that really struck me was at the end of this wedding after, you know, this whole day, Mm -hmm. my bride came over to me and said, you know, I just want to tell you, like, 
when I received your email, I was heartbroken to hear that you're going through this. I just want you to get better. But I wanted to tell you that after getting your email, I didn't have any stress. I just knew that you were going to take care of me. And I felt taken care of this whole day. And they wrote us this beautiful five-star review. And there, you know, and it was one of those things where I was like, okay, people, other photographers and people in a business would have said, like, I would have had any right to just like do whatever, you know, like, mm-hmm. and drop the ball in some ways. Maybe in, obviously you might find a solution, but like, you know, who cares? You're just figuring out your own stuff. So like, right. whatever, yeah. you know? It was like, okay, yeah, I'm going to send someone else and they're going to take photos and I'm going to deal with my own things and you'll get the photos. It's cool. Uh, Yeah. And I think it's important to, (laughs) yes, have boundaries and like make sure you're taking care of your, your mental health and your family, Mm -hmm. but there's ways that you can do both. Like there are ways that you can communicate with your couples and, and just do it in a way that they're actually walking away raving about you. Right. Because of how you handled that situation. Yeah. You know, it's like a situation that could have been really bad. And how you handled it is now making them not just love you, but they're now your ambassador and they're going to like tell everyone this crazy story because uh, you have how you handled something that could have been really bad, you know? Right. Yeah. And I think a lot of that is like your care, like you care, obviously, like just talking to you, I can feel the care that you have for your couples. And whenever you have care and love for those couples, um, you want to do whatever you can. And that comes across. And Mm -hmm. whenever you can convey that well, uh, in an email or over the phone or however you're having these conversations um, and you're making it like overly abundantly clear. I'm, I'm going to take care of you. Like whatever, whatever happens, like I've already got this, this whole plan, like uh, use uh, Megan, right. Was her other photographer? Yeah. Yeah. You're like, I've already got Megan and we've already done this. We've like, you had, it wasn't like you were just like, so this happened we're going to try and think of a solution. So just hold tight. Like you, you got, you got on it. You went ahead and, and took that time and, and care and, um, and started on a solution already and even tested it out to doing a couple test shoots so that they would have that, uh, that comfortability, that like feeling of security of, okay, not only does Kelly care about us and we feel that from her, but also we feel comfortable because this seems like you have it all under control. And, uh, yeah, I think, I think that is great. Uh, and, and that's really important, like whether it, whether it is COVID or, um, you know, something that happened to me recently, um, I had hired a videographer to come video a wedding and, uh, the, uh, the couple had hired them for like a couple hours, uh, less than, than I was going to be there. And a little bit before he was supposed to be there, wasn't there, ended up calling and, uh, there was an emergency and he wasn't going to be there all day. Um, so I Were went over already to, at the wedding. I was already at the wedding. I'd been oh, at man. the wedding for a couple hours at this point. And, okay. um, and then he was supposed to get there about an hour or two before the ceremony and then like shoot through the rest of the night. So <clears throat> for me, um, I went up to the couple and was just like, Hey, I just wanted to give you an update on the videographer. Cause she had asked like, Hey, uh, 
is he around taking videos? Like I haven't seen him yet. And I was like, Oh, let me, let me, <laughs> let me give you an update. Um, and, and I started with that positive of, you know, you know, we got, we've got everything completely taken care of. You're going to get your, your wedding video. Um, and you know, we're going to, we're going to video your wedding today. The videographer that I had hired is not going to be here. Um, he had an emergency, but, um, I've got like my camera also takes video. Like I've got equipment and, and I also like started doing video before I had hired someone to come take videos. So I have experience and my second shooter is going to be primary photographer now. And I'm also going to do some photos as a second, but mostly video. And we're going to have like, we'll put together the whole, uh, you know, uh, what do you you even call it? Um, like not, not sneak peek. What do I call highlight, this? Highlight reel. Highlight reel. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> like I sell these things. Um, but yeah, like I'll put together a whole, a whole highlight reel. Like it's, it's still gonna be good. We're still gonna capture your day. Just wanted to let you know like what's going on. So you're not like wondering where the third person is and like you going through those steps. I was like, okay, cool. Yeah. Like that was, it seemed pretty close. Uh, to, yeah. to those steps that you were saying, I was like, okay, cool. Yay. Good. Good job, John. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But like, sometimes it's on the spot that you have to have these conversations in person. Um, mm-hmm. you know, there was also one time that I showed up at a photo shoot without a memory card, uh, was I had dumped all of them and then I put them back in my little card holder and then oh, I no. left without the card holder. Oh no. And, um, luckily it was just, you know, it was a family session and they were totally cool with rescheduling, but, um, but having those hard conversations in person is, um, you know, I, I don't like confrontation. Um, I, I yeah. don't know a lot of people who do, um, but I really, I really don't. I also have a, um, uh, I, I want people to approve of what I'm doing and feel like I, I'm a, I'm an achiever and I want people to be pleased with what I achieve. And you're, are you an Enneagram three? Is that what you're saying? So I thought it was an Enneagram three and I may still be, I don't know. I've, I've taken the test and I'm a three, uh, but I've been told I'm a six. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely identify a lot with the achiever Enneagram three, um, and, and wanting people's approval of what I do. Uh, that was one of the reasons that I left my old job was because I didn't get any approval. And, uh, but yeah, like that, that kind of stuff, um, like I, I don't like confrontation because I want you to approve of me. And whenever something is either out of my control or like, I forget to put an SD card in my camera and then I show up at your photo shoot and I'm like, yeah, there's nothing we can really do. And I'm going to have to, you know, have this conversation and, uh, and man up and like take the, um, I don't know, take the responsibility of this is what I did. Um, and, and it's difficult. I think that's actually you, a really big point. Yeah. Is taking responsibility. Like if there is some, like, cause my scenario is kind of like something's happened and it's mm-hmm. affecting the wedding and it's, you know, but it's not like, 
you know, like in 2012, it's a long time ago, I um, didn't shoot on two cards and I had two weddings and I accidentally reformatted a card before. Oh no. Yep. And uh-huh. I didn't lose many pictures, but, um, but again, it was like, I told myself I'm going to go above and beyond because I'm never going to let this happen again. I'm going to make mm-hmm. this like, I'm going to like go and how I resolved it, but I did lose some of the family portraits. And I asked if they were be willing to get ready, I would cover her hair and makeup and fly back out to Nebraska and photograph her family and her individual with her parents. Um, we had like group family pictures, but not like the smaller groups. Uh-huh. Um, anyway, but it was like the same idea of like, you know, that was, you know, kind of like your situation. It's so important to own the responsibility mm-hmm. and, and just simply just apologize. But, but again, starting with the solution of like, we have a solution, you know, I'm going to own this. I'm going to take ownership of this. Uh, and I think one thing to note, especially with COVID, cause that's like something, you know, for many States, there are still restrictions and like, we're still having, yeah. these, we're still having a lot of weddings that are getting postponed. Um, and so for a lot of people, you know, this conversation is important. And I think, I think as things were kind of getting, especially early on, I think as things were happening, I kept seeing photographers and Facebook groups that are like, Oh my gosh, I'm just dreading the email where they're asking what we're going to do about COVID. And I was like, wait, wait, why yeah. are you waiting for their email? You exactly. Know? Uh, like, like, so I think that's something where even if it's scary and like, we don't know what's happening and you don't want them to respond, like they're going to postpone or maybe they're going to cancel. And you're afraid of that. That's not like, that's not going to help your, help your client experience because they're also waiting for your email. Like they're waiting to like, like, you know, your clients are. So yeah. if you know, I remember right out of the gate, right when COVID hit, none of us knew what was happening. Seattle got shut down super early, super hard. We, we weren't legally able to work for months. Um, so, you know, we were definitely hit impacted, but I think, you know, I just made a video of my face showing my, my actual face. And I made mm-hmm. a video and said like, Hey, I just want you guys to know that we're going to, I'm going to be monitoring this. I'm going to be like, look, finding out all the things that I need to know and how this is going to impact your day. So I can be a resource and a guide for you. But I just want to let you know that I'm here for you. And if you need to, you you need a zoom call with wine, or if you need like to laugh or just get, you need some like meme cat videos or like whatever, you know, I was just kind of like, I'm here for you. I'm in it. I'm not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, let me know. How can I be a, you know, it was like one minute, a one minute video. And it, I didn't say I had all the answers. I didn't say I knew what was going to happen or how long things were going to be, you know, shut down. But I just simply said like, Hey, I'm acknowledging this. I'm acknowledging this is happening and letting you know that I am going to be a resource for you that I will be doing. I will be able to help answer a lot of questions and I will be doing a lot of my own research and, you know, kind of like all the different solutions that we can offer of like how we can make your day magical if we have to reroute, you know, and thankfully, you know, I think that's something that really helped curve a lot of harder conversations that I heard other photographers were having when they were waiting to have that difficult conversation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's so important to get out ahead and give the answers before they have the questions or before they even ask the questions. Uh, Cause I, I did something similar, which was like, I want, I want them to see my face and I want to tell them, I don't know. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. like I did this like in March, I was like, I don't really know. 
Um, I know as much as you do. I just know that we can't do this right now. And I'm going to keep y'all updated. And I'm sure y'all have questions about like cancellations and uh, everything. And I just kind of went over my policy and was like, this is what my contract says. I'm actually going to like deviate from that because this is not something that y'all are doing. And I didn't have like a whole force majeure and everything uh, back then. But, um, but I kind of like went through those things of this is what it would look like if you have to reschedule. I don't want you to be thinking like, okay, we, well, I don't know if we have to, like, are we going to lose our deposit? If we reschedule, are we going to lose John? If we reschedule, I don't know. And I was like, Hey, I'm going to work on work with you. If you reschedule to a date that I'm not already booked, I'm hundred percent going to give you that date. Uh, and if it's one that I am booked, I'll help you find someone else. And, uh, and like getting out there ahead of those questions. Um, and even just like in normal business with couples, cause most couples have no idea what they're doing with wedding planning. They're like, I don't know, this is new. This is my first wedding. And I have no idea about like, when are we supposed to do engagement photos? Uh, like, what are we supposed to wear? Are we supposed to do two outfits and like getting ahead of those questions even? Um, cause that also shows you're a professional and you know what you're doing and you know, the industry and you care about them enough that you're like, Oh no, let me like, let me share this stuff with you. That way you have all the answers, um, before you even know that you have the questions. Uh, so yeah, I yeah. think that's, that's so good to do, um, just like in general, but especially with these, uh, harder conversations with like COVID or like, even if like you get COVID, like, what does that look like if, if I get COVID or if I'm exposed? Um, cause I got, uh, luckily I had like a, a four week break. Um, cause I ended up getting COVID in January and I oh had like gosh. four weeks of no weddings. And wow. I just told all of my engagement sessions, like, Hey, we're going to have to postpone for a bit. Like I'm, I'm feeling okay now. Like after about a week or so, I was like, I'm feeling okay now, but I still want to give some buffer time. I still want to make sure that y'all are safe and like kind of getting ahead of those questions. And those were difficult conversations because one, uh, one engagement session we had already postponed twice due to weather and other things and like them double booking something. And then this was like the third reschedule. And I was like, Hey guys, <laughs> sorry about this, but, um, and they were, totally cool with that. They're like, all right, yeah, we'll pick another day in about three or four weeks and we'll do this again. Um, and it's, it's really like, it shows whenever you show up and you're vulnerable and you're like, Hey, this is what's going on. Um, I'm not gonna like skirt around things and try and downplay like, Oh yeah, no, it's whatever. You know, like I had a fever, but I, we're probably still good for Saturday and that kind of stuff. Or, you know, if you were just like, you know, uh, you know, I've lost some, uh, some feeling in my hand, but we should still be good for your wedding. Uh, I'll keep you updated. Right. And like, just like cross your fingers and like, you know, the two working fingers that you had and just like, be like, <laughs> I can totally okay. do this. Yeah. <laughs> I can totally do this. It's like, this will be back by then. Um, but yeah, no, that's, I think that's, that's super important to get out there in front of those questions, um, and put them at ease. Uh, 
and then be there for the extra questions that come later mm-hmm. if they do. Uh, and I think it's interesting to mention, like there are sometimes you're going to have those conversations in person and you have to kind of be, you know, if you, but if you're, if you've practiced this, this idea, because you don't mm-hmm. always have to practice it when it's hard that like you said, like, you know, being ahead of conversations, answering mm-hmm. questions, having solutions. If you're just practicing that muscle, you know, kind of flexing that muscle in your business. Right. And when you have to do it in person, your mindset's already going to be like, okay, well, I'm going to start with my solution. What's the positive, you know, you're just, it's going to come more naturally in person. If you're already flexing that throughout your business and, and bringing that into your business. And I think, you know, but you're also thinking if you have the choice where you're like, do I call them? Or do I email them, you know, and like every driver doesn't have different opinions. But for me personally, I suggest both if it's possible, but I suggest usually first with an email because mm-hmm. it gives them a chance to have an emotional reaction or right. like process it. If, and, and think about if they have questions and if, cause like they might have an emotional response and then they kind of think about it. They reread the email. They see all the solutions. They take the time mm-hmm. to look at the, you know, the links and what you sent them. And then they're like, okay, wait, she answered these questions. Because if you're on the phone, they might only hear, I have weakness in my arm, you know, and they right. might not hear all your other solutions. And they might just in their head, stop listening. Cause they're like starting to think about all the questions they could have. Right. Or so, they're trying to figure out solutions. Like, okay, she yep. has weakness in her arm. What does this mean? Like, what can I do? Mm-hmm. And Yeah. Yeah. So I think sometimes if it's something where you have a choice, that is something to consider is like, if they are going to potentially spiral into worry and questions, email them, give them time to process everything. And then say, I would love to chat with you on the phone. You know, are you free, you know, X, you know, couple, whatever time. Um, so we can talk about it, mm-hmm. but they've at least going into that conversation. They, and it's also scary, less scary to have a conversation on the phone when they've already shared the information and they've had time to process it and collect their emotions and figure out how they feel about it. And then both of you guys are going in more prepared of like, okay, now we can move forward and, and talk about the solution or answer questions. But both of us have had time to like sit on this information. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's really important, especially for that, like, like knee jerk emotional response that you may get, or you may evoke by, you know, you know, depending on how, uh, how bad the news is, uh, that this email is, um, cause and how you communicate that email. and how you communicate. Yes. A hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, cause, cause sometimes like if I don't have like an outline of what I need to say, like whenever I do phone consultations, like I'm looking at an outline cause I, I don't know, you've probably noticed over the last hour or so, I just like chase rabbits and like all over the place. And then I lose my spot. I'm like, okay, yeah, what are we doing? Um, but I do that with client consultations all the time and I have to have an outline and that would be the same thing as like, if I'm, going to call them first, I would have to like write it out and be like, okay, start with, start with the solution, start with positive, And then, you know, I can, I can go from there and then get into a couple of the details and ask if they have questions and, and do that if, if you're going to start with the phone first. Um, but I think that that is really smart to start with an email, um, that way for their emotional response that they may have, they can kind of gather themselves and not just like right back at you. And then it kind of makes things a little bit weird. Um, and 
and could be uh, could could be a strain on the you know professional relationship there. Yeah, and it's understanding that like okay, if you're going to talk to someone about something that's hard or for mm-hmm. having to postpone, it's natural to have a reaction. But like I like to give them space to have that reaction, and then when they, we step into this conversation, it's like they've already processed that emotion. Right. You know, because otherwise yeah. they might have to backpedal and be like, I'm sorry I said this, or I'm sorry I was stressed or whatever. And that's going to happen sometimes too. But, and also from a business standpoint, it's helpful, at least in somewhere in your line to have a um, paper trail. If it's something that's like, how am I, you know, yes. off, I, like offering a solution, like having a paper trail is important because then you can go back and say, you know, these are the solutions that I offered you. This is what I said on this date. This is what, you know, I expressed. So, you know, or what for you for COVID, you're like, Hey, I, this is what my, this is what my contract says. I mm-hmm. am making an exception and making, you know, or whatever I am going to choose to waive this fee or whatever it is, Right. you know, at least having, you know, if you take a video, they have that to save and they can look at that later. Um, but if it's just a phone call and you don't have any kind of trail of that conversation, then you might even forget like, what did I promise them? Or what did I say was like, the answer to this question that I offer them like a print discount or like something to like make up uh-huh, for it. But uh-huh. now I can't remember if I offered that. So I don't want to uh, add an additional thing. If I already offered something else, you know, it's like, right. So having, having that, you know, uh, oh, yeah. it, having that on record is, is helpful. Yeah. That written record, uh, saves me all the time. Uh, cause I, I do, I forget, whenever, if I don't immediately write it down after a phone call, I'm just like, Oh wait, what date did they say that their wedding was? Uh, what is, what's their email address? And like, I have to, I have to write everything down immediately. Um, just for that, just to remember, but also like to come back to, uh, mm-hmm. as that, that written proof of, you know, if, if they, come back and say, Oh no, you didn't offer this or you didn't say this. You didn't tell me that this happened. Mm-hmm. I can say, Oh no, this is the email that I sent you on this date. Mm-hmm. And you can see clearly I said it right there. Uh, right. So. And I think that's a good point. Writing notes. I, I actually just in the past couple of years started not only writing notes after phone calls, but then emailing that to my clients and saying like, Hey, this mm-hmm. is a recap mm-hmm. on our phone call. So yeah. these are the main points. It's kind of the same idea. But I didn't do that for the first like seven years of my, I didn't, I didn't ever did that. I just, I wrote things down, but I, you know, but actually having it so that we both remember and we have a written. Is, oh yeah. But anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, I, I, I feel the same thing. Cause it's been like the last, I don't know, three or four years that I've started doing that. And I would, I mean, before that I was pretty much doing everything on paper. Um but I would take the notes and I was like, Oh, the notes are for me. Like, this is for me to remember, but I wasn't thinking about my clients. And then they would be asking questions like, Hey, we talked about this package. Like what size album did we have in that? And like, what, how many pages did we have? And what is this? And I was like, Oh yeah, I just had told you that you have an album. And then you went into no details. Um, but like, yeah, writing down all of those notes and then sending it to them directly after, uh, it really helps them too. Cause also if I write down the wrong thing, um, which I did recently with a family grouping and I wrote down, I thought that someone was a godparent and they weren't. And then they're like, Oh, well actually aunt Molly is not gonna, it's not a godparent. She's going to have her own photo with us. I was like, cool. 
that's great. I'm glad that I sent this over to you because I was like, yeah, just for your records, here you go. And then they looked over it and then that helped. It will help whenever the wedding comes around later this month that uh, Mm -hmm. we won't be like, all right. And the godparents, all three of y'all. And uh, yeah. And yeah, I think that's, that's, that's really good. And yeah, Kelly, I have loved this conversation. This has been so good. Um, And I know that our listeners got a ton out of it too. Um, Just all like, I think this is a difficult thing. I mean, they're difficult conversations and a lot of people don't like conflict and they want to, uh, to be there for their clients. And sometimes whenever you're not at a hundred percent or not at like the original of what you had planned. Um, it feels like you're failing in a way or not serving your clients, um, completely. But whenever you show up like this and you have these conversations, it's still serving your clients well. And like you're proof of that. And like the raving reviews that you got, uh, from that wedding three years ago today, uh, which is awesome. And those photos are gorgeous. Uh, by the way, I was like, Oh, these are so cool. Um, but yeah, so before we wrap up, there's a little part of the show that we talk about uh, what we're loving this week. Um, and it could be anything from movies, podcasts, food, uh, any any sort of thing uh, that you are loving. Do you have something that you're loving this week? I do. So I just was told about the show Ted Lasso. Have you heard of this? I have heard of that show and I have been told that I would love it. And it's on HBO Max, right? Well, I think it's on Apple TV, but maybe it's okay. on HBO. I don't okay. it's on Apple I, TV. Yeah, I don't have either of those, but I knew it was on one that I don't don't have. And I was like, I should probably get it. I mean, we watched a couple episodes and my husband was like, we just need to buy, because we were watching with a friend who had Apple TV and they were, uh-huh. he, he's like, we just need to buy Apple TV because like this show is like <laughs> worth it just for that one show. Uh-huh. Um, and we binged it in, I don't even know, like three, like three days. Like, they're short episodes, but it is, it's lighthearted. It's witty. It's funny. It's upbeat. It's not uh, unnecessarily, um, I don't know, like it's not, it's not dirty or like too, crude, but it's just like, yeah. Has, yeah, crude. It's like, it just like really witty and enjoyable. And, uh, I loved it. I absolutely nice. loved it. Season two is coming out in July. So, you know, you have some time. Okay, cool. Yeah. I've got a couple months. I can get Apple TV and watch that. What is, I mean, uh, I don't know if it gives away anything, but like, what is the plot? Cause I've, I've just heard people talk about Ted Lasso and they're like, Oh no, you would love it. Just like, go watch it. Like, I don't yeah. even know what this is. So the plot in this is in the pilot. So it's not giving it away, but okay, the plot cool. basically is there is an English soccer team in London and the owners um, get divorced and the, the ex-wife now owns the team and to get back at her ex-husband, she wants to basically see the team fail. So she hires an American football coach who does, who is not a professional NFL coach. She just did like minor, minor league stuff, uh-huh. American football to coach her soccer team. And okay. he doesn't know anything about soccer <laughs> and he doesn't, he's just like completely oblivious to how to, how soccer even works as a sport. Uh-huh. And it's just kind of, and he's just, you know, very overly positive and just has a very charming and, and kind of crazy, ridiculous personality. And that she keeps on wanting to like put all these obstacles to see, you know, just like see the, 
the team fail and it's kind of his journey, uh, the journey through uh, the team through this, you know, of, of having like a, you know, premier league soccer league team that is now being coached by an American that doesn't know anything about (laughs) soccer. Which is like most Americans whenever they're talking about soccer, it's like, I don't know. I don't know. I watch football. Uh, so but, it was it's okay. very witty and funny and and in, yeah it's it's enjoyable okay cool okay well i'm just gonna what's have your to what's TV your favorite now. what's your favorite show or your My, new thing that you're loving this week um so this isn't necessarily a new thing um but it's kind of like a revisited thing um and it's a show it's on netflix it might be on other places it's called i'm sorry and um i've watched all the episodes before but it is it's great now like i'll just kind of put on a show in the background and just it's super witty it's very funny um it's uh has uh, some not well i guess more crass humor than crude um i don't know um it's very uh, I like it. It's, it's very witty, very funny, very fast paced. Um, it just follows this family, um, uh, husband and wife, and they have, I think a six year old daughter and it kind of follows their life of raising their daughter. And they're very like, uh, uh, not, not hands off, but they're, they're much more like, Oh yeah, we'll talk to you about whatever. And like, they're not, um, shielding her from anything. And then they're, you know, uh, different issues like with school. And then like the, the mom is a, uh, uh, comic or not comic writer, but like she writes, um, comedy sketches and things. Um, and if you know, uh, Jason Manzukis, um, who was Dennis Feinstein in, uh, Parks and Rec, um, with, oh, the, okay. with the crazy curly hair, um, he's in it as her, uh, writing partner. And he's also very funny and one of my favorite people. Uh, so yeah, it's just, it's really, really, uh, I like it a lot. Uh, the, the interactions between, um, the two, like the, the mom and dad are, are just really great. The way that they kind of, uh, bounce off each other with witty comebacks and puns and all those sort of things. So it's, it's good. It's not like there's, there's never really any like heavy, uh, dramatic episodes. Um, they're all, pretty lighthearted and funny. Um, but it definitely, you know, there's, there's some, uh, adult language, uh, here and there. Um, I'll have to check it out. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. I think there's two seasons on Netflix right now. I'm not sure if there's more, uh, anywhere else, but I think it was on like the IFC network, uh, back in the day. Um, but yeah, it was something that I watched a couple of years ago and then it came back up like, Hey, you want to rewatch this? I was like, I do want to rewatch that. And I'm in season two already. Cause it's just, it's really good. But, okay, uh, add but it yeah. To my list. yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to add Apple TV to my list uh, with Ted Lasso. Ted, La- Ted Lasso. <laughs> yep. Well, sweet. Well, cool. Um, where can everyone find you? Where can they follow um, what you're doing and see your photos and all that? 
Yeah, they can find me at kellylemonphotography.com or if you're on Instagram, just Kelly Lemon like the fruit. Um, that's I'm Kelly Lemon across all um, social media platforms. So yeah, that's where you can find me. And please DM me if you heard this conversation and you like enjoyed it or you have questions um, or just want to say hi, I would love to connect. So please DM me or comment or uh, let me know because I would love to connect. It seems like a pretty awesome community community cool. here. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. I like, I like this community. They're, they're really great. Um, and, and yeah, you are, um, you were like super quick at getting back at DMS, even from someone that you didn't follow. Um, and I was like, okay, cool. Yay. <laughs> Cause sometimes I just like get lost in those like extra, whatever that third mm-hmm. category or is. Requests or, yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. But well, cool. Well, Kelly, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really enjoyed this. Um, and it was great to talk to you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm glad we could have this conversation and I hope, and we'll see each other online and hopefully in person one day. Yeah, I hope so. All right. All right. Have a good night. Thank you. You Y'all isn't Kelly just amazing. It was such a great time talking with her and those tips that she gave on how to have difficult conversations um, are going like straight into my notebook. Not only are those great tips for having conversations with your clients, but also for friends, family, anyone in the non-business world of your life too. Um, They're just great to have. We have all of those tips written out along with all the other things from today's episode in the show notes at lightdarkco.com slash podcast slash 63. This episode was recorded in front of a live Facebook audience where you can ask your questions and interact with us. Make it more than just listening on your favorite podcast app. To join us next time live, you can join the Facebook community by searching for the Light and Dark Photography Podcast group on Facebook. This episode was edited by me, John Mansfield, and our theme song is by the talented John Isaac. You can follow the show on Instagram at lightdarkco. Kelly is at Kelly Lemon, and you can find me at All Heart Photo. Subscribe to the show, leave us a review. I would love to read your review. Until next week, I'll see you in the Facebook group. <laughs> can you tell I'm recording this late at night? Okay, bye guys. (laughs)